Hi, my name is Gem and this is my experience of being a student during a global pandemic. I will be talking about my experience, but I will also be talking about the issues affecting students such as substance abuse and mental health. So if you haven't been living under a rock, you will know we are currently in the middle of a pandemic. Good old COVID-19. Or as the fancy people say, Coronavirus! Now, if you told me a year ago, I would have absolutely no reason to deal with crowds of people or even people in general, I would ask, have you been reading my wish list to Santa? But in all honesty, it's been an experience to say the least. Let's rewind back to March 2020 and reminisce on what we took for granted. The sounds of the busy restaurant were once a sound I didn't think too much of to be honest. I now kind of miss it. The pub near my home has a lovely little fireplace. I enjoyed sitting and having breakfast as I caught up with the news through my headphones. At time of this recording we are allowed back in the pubs and restaurants but me personally, I don't think I'm ready really yet to go visit them. I'm happy things are starting to go back to normal but for a long time, the world felt very strange and very stagnant. College has taken a turn that, to be honest, I don't think anyone could have imagined. Back in March 2020, I was attending college in person. I thrived so much and I enjoyed escaping from my home life and being creative, plus being busy and actually doing something with my life. I am a mum of three and back then I felt like I was past college and all. All I could do was raise children really. I can clearly and happily state I was wrong. However, as time went on, myself and my class became anxious. We knew the college was going to close after we heard that Covid was sweeping across the world. The tension in the air was so thick, a lot of us had questions and it felt like no one was answered. The lecturers couldn't even help us as they were kept in the dark also. I remember the final day going into college before the country went into full lockdown. No one wanted to turn on the computers in case we were told to pack up and leave. We all discussed how we could, how we wouldn't cope without our bursaries and how we could study if we didn't have the equipment at home. Our lecturer at the time walked into our classroom and told us this would most likely be our final day. Of course we all began to erupt with questions and panic. I wasn't having any of it. So me being stubborn as always marched down to the main office of the college and demanded to know what was happening. If the college was going to close we needed answers. I asked the main questions like what will happen to our money? What will happen to our practical 
classes of studying. How long does the executives plan to keep us in the dark? And I did feel sorry for the people dealing with me because they were in a difficult spot themselves. After I acquired the answers I was looking for, I swiftly went back up to the floor my class was on and relayed the information to them. I was happy to see the relief on their faces, but that was quickly met with dread of what will happen after we leave the college? During lockdown, many people have had to face their different challenges, but for some of those people, those challenges involved drugs and alcohol. The substance abuse would only send their mind further down the spiral of loneliness and even bring them to the brink of death itself. We don't know the figures as of yet, but we can truly see how there has been a rise in addiction problems and mental health problems has been on the increase as well. Cocaine has been the number one substance abuse on the rise for regarded referrals for local GPs, rehab facilities and other online and over the phone services with mental health and substance abuse have tried their best but they can only do so much without breaking COVID regulations. Now for myself, I have battled alcohol addiction in the past. I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, I would however say when my mental health was extremely bad, alcohol was my crutch. I was a teen drunk, getting drunk at any moment I could and convincing everyone I wasn't drunk. So fast forward to the first lockdown, I felt so, so lonely and stressed. I felt insane just remaining in my house. I didn't hug another adult for 14 weeks at one point and I remember looking at the bottle sometimes and saying to myself, maybe just one, maybe. But I found myself, when I was at home alone, pouring alcohol into my tea. I wasn't getting drunk but I was getting buzzed from it. I realised I need to get a hold of myself and focus on detoxing myself and dealing with all my problems I've had through my life. I think it's important to know that if you need help you can reach out for it. It is not shameful to seek help but also I think Covid has you know gave us a silver lining on realising we had to face our problems during Covid because we had nothing else to do. Now we're going to speak to a good friend of mine who has been through a similar journey as myself online learning whilst attending a practical course. You wouldn't really think this was possible before, but when you're in the middle of a pandemic, everything's possible. Let's see what he thinks about some of the issues raised so far. Now we are joined with Brian O'Neill. He's a fellow classmate of mine in HMC Radio Broadcasting, and he's going to share his experience of student life during a pandemic. How are you today, Brian? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jim. That's great. First question we're going to start off with is a really nice and easy one is, what has been your favourite 
if you have one experienced during the pandemic? Probably at the start of it when there was absolutely no pressure whatsoever to go outside. It was like, do I need to go out? No, no, I better no go out actually. It's better if I don't go out. So I don't enjoy people in general. So I could go out for a walk at night time, no one in the street. Not having to deal with large crowds of people at anything whatsoever was pretty good. Yeah. I think I agree with that one. The next question I'm going to ask you is, did you notice anything different in morale the class compared to because we were we were in physical class last January and all that before lockdown. So compared to morale of that class compared to this class, do you notice a significant difference or what's your opinion on it? In a way, I don't think it's a fair comparison. That last class that we were in a year ago had a lot of 16, 17 year olds in it. Yeah, there's young people in this class, but it's not quite the same. So comparing the two, I don't think we can because last year it was just childish nonsense that was going on 95% of the time. But in saying that, there's definitely uh, an overwhelming funk of just morale, low morale, people not particularly interested in the work anymore, and I'm certainly one of them. It's quite difficult to keep your motivation. I think people are struggling a bit with that is to just keep the motivation going. It's difficult to do on your own. Part of my documentary is about drug and alcohol abuse. Do you think drug and alcohol abuse has risen during lockdown? And if so, why? I don't watch the news. I'm not an informed person when it comes to things in the national interest or anything like that. I find the news too depressing, rather. So I just don't watch it. So I don't know about facts and figures and all that sort of thing. My own thoughts on it would be, I it probably has went up it has for me so i can only really go on me i would imagine that it would be inevitable that when everyone's locked up for months on end and they're bored out their skull that they're going to do something to try and alleviate that boredom and drugs are fun at the end of the day so that's why they do them you're obviously not promoting the drug use here you're just <laughs> i'm not promoting it but there's no. a reason that people take drugs and it's because they are fun they're not for everyone not yep. saying everyone should go out and do it people take them because they work that's that's why people take them like i say this has been a pretty rotten time for everyone everyone's fed up they're bored let's take a pill to alleviate the boredom it's it's an easy thing to do i, I totally agree do you think that there's a new mental health crisis because of drug and alcohol abuse? Or do you think it's just now been revealed after being ignored for so long? No, I think there will be more because of this. I've suffered from mental illness myself for years and years, but over those years and years I've learned ways to cope with different situations, like when you get that big black cloud that comes down over your heads and there's ways that you can combat that. I'm lucky enough to have already gone through all that sort of stuff. I've got those measures in place. There's going to be so many people that have absolutely no idea how to cope with the thoughts that are coming into their heads. And I think that is going to cause problems now because obviously huge waiting lists and things like that. Further down the road as well, I don't know how it's going to be for people's mental health. I think it might send some people mental, I really do. Do you think rehab and mental health services will get more funded after the pandemic or do you think they'll just be, you know, like it was before, they'll just try and undercut it? Because clearly if there's a mental health crisis and a drug and alcohol abuse crisis right now because of the pandemic, you would think it would be common sense to add or increase the budget for rehab and mental health services, but do you think the government will do that? Probably not. I mean, Scotland's had a huge problem with drinking drug abuse for years. 
years and years and years, what have they done about it? They've invested a little bit in drug treatment, but most of that stuff's charity-based anyway, so that's taking a burden off the government there. With regards to boozing, they made it more expensive. That's not doing anything, I don't think. I don't know any drinkers that have been put off by it. I've got an alcoholic as a neighbour, and she's as drunk as a skunk 24-7. It's not changed a thing. Do I think they'll do anything? They probably will for public relations purposes. Will they fund it enough? I very much doubt it. Do you feel like the lecturers are doing their best? If not, is it their fault? The lecturers are probably doing their best. I don't know exactly what lecturers do, but assuming that they are doing their best, in the circumstances, they will be dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with in terms of fatigue from working online, working from home, all these amateur setups that we've got. It's, so they'll have their problems to deal with. I think it probably does affect the way that they deliver the classes because, again, they're only human. Is that their fault? I don't think so. Again, human nature, you can only stick a smile on things for so long, I think. Can the college help them more? Maybe, probably. I would have liked to have seen maybe another member of staff on our course, for example. That would have, or not even a member of staff, an actual lecturer. Do you feel like any good has come from online learning? It's got me used to actually using some technology, I suppose. Never used Zoom before any of this. I'm quite proficient in that. So, aye, it's upped IT skills mildly. I would say that's about the only thing that I can think of that's good for it. That and, again, the fact I don't need to leave my house, that's good. Also, for your mental health, it's no good. What do you look forward to doing after the country has came out of a full pandemic? I want to see my pals. That's what I want to do. I want to see my pals. I want to see my family. It's like people that I've not saw since this all started. So I would just like to see people. I would love to go to a football game and I would really enjoy to go to a gig whether it's a music gig or a comedy show if you could say anything encouraging or not encouraging to your fellow students or students that are about to become college students or that during a pandemic what would you say uh, if you're about to become a student i would say don't like, honestly just delay it until you can or you know that you're going to be able to come into college normally this overall hasn't been good I've not appreciated getting into debts through student loans and things like that through this. So yeah, if you're thinking about coming to college, don't. That would be my advice there. If you are in college and you're struggling, just talk to folk. People are always willing to listen to you. Well, that's been really grateful of you. Thank you, Brian, for your input. No problem. Thank you. So you heard about what college life is like during a pandemic, but it's not all about education when you're a student. My personal life can also affect my student life. I have been a mammy of three, and I'm also now a wife. I had what they called a COVID wedding. Now, me and my husband have been involved with each other for over 10 years. We have grown together since a young age, and now let's ask my husband about the process of getting married during a pandemic, and of course, our wedding day. And now we are joined with Mr. McIntosh, my husband. Leon, how are you? I'm very well, Mrs. McIntosh. How are you? I am good. A bit tired, but I am good. Just so that everybody knows you're a willing participant. I am indeed. And if anyone could see me, they would be seeing I'm blinking very quickly. Oh, I didn't marry for your humour. First off, we'll start with 
Do you remember when we started the process of getting married and how easy was it? It was a lot easier than the usual wedding. It was definitely just buy everything online instead of actually having to go in the stores and pick everything out willy-nilly and try and organise all that or try and organise guest lists and all the usual faffing about. It's really just a case of you and me sitting down one night looking online about wedding rings and such and who in the area could actually marry us at the time. So our choices were limited but managed yeah. to make it work. I, I remember it being very limited. Like I remember phoned up the registrar. Okay, where are you planning? You can only give your 28-day notice before your date that we just went when's the next available date and I think it was a Thursday it was yeah. Thursday no no it was a Saturday remember oh yeah it was Saturday before and then we mm-hmm. said no we're not going to pay £300 for a Saturday wedding especially if yeah, for all of, like come. half an hour service or whatever it was yeah. so the next available date was 11th and we're like okay that's a Thursday you know your work schedule because you don't live with me you nope. live on the other side of the country so see trying to work that around our work schedules and our my college schedule was very fun. Didn't also help that after a whole month of me, you know, being furloughed, all of a sudden I got a message as soon as we decide our dates, I suddenly get called back to work. So it was literally a case of I finished work one day and had to do a almost six hour travel to get married the next day. Only a handful of people know we're married. <laughs> Yeah. My dad knows now, or two women. Well, he was there on the web, technically. Yeah, technically through, you know, the registrar knows. Obviously, officials know that we're married. Like, people who know us, like, your family doesn't know. My dad really only knows a couple of our friends, our two witnesses that were there. A A handful of your friends, yeah. A a handful of my friends who from America, really, and was on Zoom for this. So, also, they didn't, some of them didn't even turn up because of the connection. The next question is, what was the difficult part about getting married when you live apart from your partner? And I think we already covered a little bit of this. What's one of your difficult things about living apart from a partner when you're trying to get married? It wasn't too bad the organising part because I was there during that time. I was furloughed, so it was a lot easier for both of us because we could actually sit down, like I say, on the computer and figure out what we were doing, what we were buying. It was more the fact that suddenly getting called back to work literally a week before we were actually meant to get married and then all of a sudden having to work out, right, when can I actually get done for this when? How am I going to get back in time so that nobody even notices that I was all gone for my own wedding? I think it was funny because the most all of our gear came to and that was like buy the wedding rings, buy the shoes, buy your kilt, ghillie shirt and buy my dress and everything like that all came to about £500. Yeah. That was including our wedding and our wedding was like £120. <laughs> It was definitely a different way than most people would consider. What have you noticed about me since doing online college? You know how, like, when I first went to college, at the beginning of 2020, I was in physical. What have you noticed about me when I'm doing my online college? Because you have been here while I've been in my college classes and stuff. You're definitely a bit more confident since you started college altogether. You know, your confidence has got a bit more up. You're more talkative. You seem more excited talking about, you know, what you're doing in your days how your college days have been going and what sort of things you've been learning and that sort of thing, which is good. But when it comes to the online courses, I can tell you're getting stressed out with them because there's just some days either something goes wrong or maybe there's something wrong with the links or you don't get an update of when the links are and stuff like that and you end up getting overly stressed. I have been commented to be a bit of a workaholic. And that too. <laughs> there's some nights when you're on calls to me and literally you just don't talk for like half an hour. You're technically doing stuff for your college, trying to have a conversation with me and it's going about as well as, you know, sitting in silence goes. I- 
I think I need to put a notice in here that I do love him. You're just lucky I'm not much of a talker either. What was a fun moment of our wedding day? For me, it was getting prepared because obviously we were sharing the same house and we were both getting ready and you had an English man trying to dress in a kilt for, you know, what seemed to be the first time. Don't know if it was his first time, but it definitely seemed that way. Oh no, Matt has wore kilt before, not for a long time, but... It was just funny, you know, him running through to use as you're trying to get ready, asking you what side does, you know, the pin go for the flowers. And I've even told him where it goes. He's questioning me, not wanting to believe a Scotsman how to dress properly for a wedding. Did you enjoy it only being us with our two witnesses or do you regret having what they call now a COVID wedding? Strangely enough, no. It was a lot less stressful and it was a lot quicker because we weren't having to wait around for things. We didn't have to plan extravagant, you know, feasts and guests and making sure all the guests would be happy sitting next to other guests or what other usual wedding capers you go through. It was just generally a case of what do we need to get organised for ourselves? There was no plan out for other people. There was no making it a big complicated day. It was generally a case of this is what we're doing. This is when we're, as long as it's, you know, between you and me and we're happy with what's happening, it doesn't matter about other people. It's our day and that's the way it should be. So what did you think when you seen me walking up the aisle? Well, I would say it got all steamed up, but I think that was the mask on my glasses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought you were very beautiful that day. It was really lovely seeing you coming down the aisle. I must admit, my nerves did start to shoot up at that point a wee bit. I think, same as you, it was just a case of, this is really happening. <laughs> then, of course, obviously, I would have to read my vows and such. Obviously, I was worried with them and me not being much of a talker in the first place. So this video will probably um, say otherwise. Well, it's going to get converted into audio, but I know what you're saying. You were so hands like that day. I was just looking at you and I was like, oh my God, you're going to be my husband. Like, be my partner for 10 years, but you're going to be my husband. I'm going to be Mrs. Tosh. And like, that was the first time you've ever seen me in a kilt. Yes, and that was the first time you actually seen me in a kind of flatter white dress, a whitish dress that looked feminine type of thing. That's not covered in dead unicorns and <laughs> something that I would go to the club with. I did really enjoy seeing you and it felt really nice. Try to hold hands at first and the registrar's like, oh no, you can't hold hands yet. And we'll like look at her like Seriously? Covid restrictions? She's like, yeah, Covid restrictions? You can't hold hands until I instruct you you need to. Yeah, but then it was like two seconds after that, she's like, everyone can take off their mask, everyone can touch each other. It's like... Yeah, but we had to sanitise our hands. Yeah. We're about to become husband and wife. We came from the same household. Like, <laughs> I don't think hand sanitizer is going to do anything, but okay. I think also when we had to sign the register, she had to wipe down the pen. We had to wash our hands as well and it was crazy. It was honestly crazy. I remember trying to sign it and I was like, reminding myself like, is it my maiden name I signed it or is it my married name now? <laughs> oh no, what was even funnier is our own copies of our vows, obviously. And she was like, no, put them away. I've got the copies here. And it's like, but they're the same copies. <laughs> It's just the difference you print Angel those ones. So Angel was the one that printed off our wedding vows for us because she does calligraphy and stuff like that. She printed them off and she made them look really nice and pretty and everything like that. And then when she said that, I can only imagine what she looked like because talking to Math Asper, like she looked to that woman as if to go, I will end you if you insult my calligraphy. <laughs> what would you have to say about people who want to get married during COVID? Would you recommend it or would you tell them to wait a while? 
I would say if you're wanting something quaint, you know, just with a very small select group of people that you care about, whether you're two other people or maybe your parents, whatever else like that. If you're not wanting to spend loads of money for the sake of spending loads of money, if you're just wanting something quaint, I would say go for it. Like we're still planning on renewing our vows in a few years and obviously I'll be a bit of a bigger event and I would say that's probably the, the better way to go because it means you're not rushing about as much, gives you more time to plan. It doesn't have to be a... No, it- it can still be a special day, but it just doesn't have to be rushed. It just doesn't have to be stressful. I think getting married during COVID could be the best thing if you want to, because... I wouldn't say it's for everyone. It wouldn't Definitely. say for everybody. It did feel like a, a bit like a fairy tale. You, you know, like those scenes in the movies where people go off and the, uh, get married by themselves, like in the woods and stuff like that, and nobody would know <laughs> about it and stuff like that. I feel like... Uh, the elope. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like eloping. It was like, like yeah. that. It was like eloping without eloping, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe in our, you know, our big celebration a couple of years, people might actually know we're married. And also, it's it's not a wedding, so we don't need to pay for all the wedding stuff. It's to be mm. a big party, and we'll just have somebody there, like a friend of ours, to basically renew our vows, and then let's party on for the rest of the night type of thing. Yeah. Well, that was very lovely. Thank you to my dear husband. Thank you very much, Leon, for joining me today. And thank you for having me. You're welcome, hubby. So there you have it, student life is supposed to be exciting, scary, mixed with unsure and uneasy. I asked a few of my other classmates to give me two words. First word describing what it's like during COVID and the second word describing what it's like after COVID. Or how they'll feel after COVID at least. The first words came to mind was hopeless, alone, unsure, terrified, isolated, suspended. Now, the second word they gave me was hopeful, happy, excited, reassured, possibilities, friendship, love. I would like to thank everyone who participated in this documentary with me. I also want to thank my lecturers and the staff who have done their best to support us during these times. I also wish to remind my fellow classmates, or just students in general, we will get through this. We have worked hard to earn our qualifications and don't let anyone make you forget otherwise. I'm Jim. Take care now. Enjoy.